and welcome back to Youth Group Radio. I hope this podcast finds you in a good place. Today, we are continuing our study, going through the Gospel of John. This is part 8, and we find ourselves in chapter 3, verse 22. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John also was baptizing at Anon near Salim, because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized, for John had not yet been put into prison. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing, and all are going to him. John answered, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard. Yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life but the wrath of God remains on him. Let's pray. Dear Lord, the one who is above all, teach us what it means for you to increase and us to decrease. Have your way, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. As a guy... Being someone's best man at their wedding is a huge honor, and it was such a difficult decision for me to choose my best man for my wedding. I ended up asking my brother-in-law to be my best man, and I'm so glad I did. He married my sister about a decade ago, and as soon as they got together, we instantly embraced our new brotherhood. And I just knew that he would be the perfect best man. And I was right. I could trust him to do anything and everything that I needed. You know what you want your best man to never feel? You never want your best man to feel jealous. The day of your wedding is all about the bride and the groom. And it's not about him. It's not about the best man, right? If you have a jealous best man, 
you have chosen the wrong guy for the job, and you might have a disaster on your hands. Never at one point during my wedding was I worried that my best man would be jealous. You know, I, I knew he wasn't going to step in and make it about himself. Instead, he was just happy for me. He was standing by my side with pure joy for his brother. And in our story today, John the Baptist is the best man at the wedding. John the Baptist, he's doing his thing. He's baptizing people. And near him, Jesus and his disciples, they're baptizing people too. But it seems like more people are going towards Jesus than towards John the Baptist. And so the disciples of John the Baptist assume that he must be jealous of the success of Jesus. They had no idea that John the Baptist would soon be put in prison and would lose his life shortly after that. As far as his disciples were concerned, they were expecting their ministry to go on and on as it had always been. But now there's this other group coming in and some of them used to be John the Baptist's followers. But now they're following this Jesus guy. And they're also baptizing people. They're doing the same thing that they're doing. And so the followers of John the Baptist get upset. And they expect him to be upset too. And did you hear how they referred to Jesus? In the middle of verse 26, they say to John the Baptist, Rabbi... He who was with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness. Other translations say, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah. Yeah, he's baptizing people. It's as if they're not willing to accept for themselves that Jesus is the Messiah. Instead, Jesus is the one that John the Baptist says is the Messiah. And now he's coming in and messing up their ministry. But John's response is simply, well, yeah, that really doesn't matter. And it's not only that it doesn't matter, but this is actually the way it needs to be. And then John the Baptist compares himself to a best man. He's just happy to see the groom get married. This day isn't about him. And he has no intentions of trying to steal the bride at the last minute. And then he says those famous words in verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. But unfortunately for many Christians today, myself included, Many times it looks more like Jesus becoming less and less and us becoming more and more. We promote ourselves. We promote our churches. Our church does this and this, and, and this is our spiritual territory. Our church, we serve the local school. And if another church comes in and they think they can serve the local school too, no, that's, that's our thing. But what if they come in and they're, they're doing a better job than we're doing. That's even worse, right? No, that's our thing. That's our ministry. People are going to start going to you guys now. But that's so silly. Because we're not in a 
competition with other churches. We're, we're all part of the same family, and we can and should be happy when a church is doing well, when, when a church is obeying Jesus. We can praise God for it, and we should pray for all the churches in our community, in our world. The disciples of John the Baptist weren't willing to accept that their ministry was changing, that people were coming in in the name of Jesus and doing an even better job. They wanted to hold on to how things were always done in the past, and they wanted to keep others from stepping onto their spiritual territory. But that's not how we are supposed to live our lives as Jesus followers. We should be happy that Jesus' followers are showing love to the community. When someone supposedly steps in our spiritual territory, we should never become jealous. And here's the thing about jealousy. Jealousy, it's a complicated emotion because it's one that we never tend to admit to. We hate admitting to it. Admitting to being jealous is humiliating It's deflating, and no one wants to do it. And since we never admit it, it just becomes incredibly hard to even identify it within ourselves. Because we're never admitting it to others, and we're really not admitting it to ourselves either. And if even if we did identify our jealousy within ourselves, again, we're not going to admit it. Not even to ourselves. But it's there. It happens to all of us. We all deal with jealousy. A lot of times, we can become secretly jealous of someone's spiritual success. We see someone who is just on fire for God, and it seems like God is just blessing them left and right, and we become jealous of them. You know, they don't deserve that. Don't you know what they used to do on the weekends? And you know what? Maybe they still do it on the weekends. And we start to compare ourselves to them. And it just makes us feel empty. Why why isn't this happening to me? Why is it happening to them? What if we were just happy for them? What if when we saw that God was using someone in an awesome way, we were just happy for them? We don't need to compare ourselves to other people. That is a prison. It's not about us. Let Jesus increase as you decrease. It's not about my church versus your church. No, it's about Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about them. It's about Jesus. John the Baptist recognized that his life was but a tiny piece, a part of something far bigger than he could ever comprehend. And even at the end of his ministry, he was content. He had peace, and he trusted in Jesus. I want us to listen to that last paragraph again in our passage today, starting in verse 31. Here, John the Baptist has stopped talking. And now we have John, the writer of the gospel, giving us another glimpse at the beauty of Jesus. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth 
and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. I mentioned how we're so prone to making our lives less and less about Jesus and more and more about ourselves. That happens in so many different realms, including in the realm of reading Scripture. How often do we read Scripture and we say, so what does this mean for me? What do I get out of this? What are the implications for me here? We read Scripture too much with us increased and Jesus decreased. What would Scripture look like and sound like if we increased Jesus and made it more about Jesus and less and less and less about ourselves? When we read a passage like this, we shouldn't be hasty and try to think, so what does this mean for me? How can I make sure that I am in the perfect situation for this? Far too often we approach Scripture like it's going to be a spiritual band-aid. It's going to tell us how to deal with a specific situation. It's going to teach me a, a lesson for me to apply to, to my life today and forget tomorrow. But what if we stopped looking for explanations and stopped looking for us in the passage and instead start looking for Jesus in the passage? You know, there's more to this passage than I could ever explain because there's more to Jesus than I could ever explain. So I encourage you to reread these verses. The one who comes from above is above all. Be introduced to the one who is from above. I'm sure you're familiar with him, but come to him again like a child and sit at the feet of the one who is from above. We find ourselves listening to the words that belong to the earth. We listen to earthly advice, earthly guidance, but we rarely listen to Jesus. And when we do listen to Jesus, the scripture tells us when we listen to his words, we realize something. We realize that God is true. That sounds so simple, but that's not saying we realize that God exists. No, we realize that God is true. And perhaps within that, we might realize that we are false. And that's a good thing to realize, to realize that I can be so false, but God is the one who is true. I can't 
dwell on that truth enough. Listen to Jesus and see that the Father has put everything into his hands. Anyone who believes in him has eternal life. It's not anyone who believes in him will one day receive eternal life. Believing in Jesus gives you eternal life right here, right now. Those who don't listen to Jesus and choose to listen to the earthly voice, they find that the end of that road is wrath. Not because God is a tyrant or a bully, but because earth and all that is earthbound will corrupt and decay. And you don't have to wait to die to figure that out. I don't have to wait to die to discover that the earthly things are decaying and fleeting away. Jesus died for the disobedient. Jesus died and came for those who were listening to the earthly ways. But he calls us to listen to the one who is true. Because when we realize that he's true, we might realize that we've made much of ourselves. I've made much of myself, and I've made little of Jesus. In other words, I've made much of falsehood, and I've made little of truth. So what do I need to let go of? What do I need to surrender to God so that truth, so that Jesus can become more and more and I can joyfully become less and less? Let that be our prayer this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this was a blessing for you. Be sure to check out the notes for any scripture references. Be sure to subscribe, review the show, And I'll see you soon. Youth Group Radio, peace out. It's that ancient love That you won't outgrow It's the fee you pay It's the debt you owe It's that subtle way That you throw me down I'm inches above